Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to Podcast One. We hope you'll support our sponsors who bring you these podcasts absolutely free and with limited interruptions. And of course, we appreciate you listening to this show, which will get started in just a second. Since 1983, Eddie Trunk has been the voice for fans of rock, hard rock, and heavy metal. A best-selling author, host of TV's That Metal Show, and seven national radio shows, including Trunk Nation, daily on Sirius XM. Interesting. Eddie offers the world his news-making interviews, passionate analysis, honest commentary, and who knows what else. So welcome to the Eddie Trunk Podcast. everybody, Eddie Trunk here with you, and it's time for another episode of the Eddie Trunk Podcast, which is new every Thursday at PodcastOne.com and iTunes. Thank you for downloading and streaming. Remember, if you're shopping on Amazon, do so by starting at Amazon.com slash shop slash Eddie Trunk. Hope you guys are having a great week, and thanks for listening to the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Another great episode for you this week, including another interview I know you will enjoy this time around with D. Snyder of Twisted Sister fame. Dee has released a new album called For the Love of Metal. We'll talk to Dee about that, how he came about to doing it, how he ended up not writing one song on it when you consider he is the sole songwriter of Twisted Sister. Uh, Pretty amazing that he didn't write a word or a note on his new album, and he explains that and a whole lot more. It's always fun to visit with Dee. He's always outspoken. I always appreciate that. Always has got an opinion on something, which I always like. People that uh, aren't afraid to give their opinions, and Dee is certainly one of those. We've had some great conversations over the years, and this week is no exception. Hope you will enjoy that. A lot going on in my world as usual. If you're listening to this on post day this weekend, I'll be in Tulsa at the IDL Ballroom, where I'll be hosting another great show with Faster Pussycat, so look forward to that. I just ended up getting into my schedule for the rest of the year, and it's absolutely insane all the stuff that I have going on. It really is crazy. And um, I'm going to do my best to keep you updated with all of it. Uh, Keep an eye on eddytrunk.com. It's all there on the homepage. There's a lot happening, and I will do my best to uh, keep you abreast of everything there. And, of course, on Twitter, at Eddie Trunk. Good to be busy, but the the rest of the year is going to be just wacko for me as far as travel and my schedule. And I hope to see you guys out and about at the events that are public that you can attend. Speaking of which, it was just announced the DO Bowling event is October 25th in L.A. That's all for charity. Look forward to hosting that every year. So get your tickets. Join us at PINS in Studio City for the next DO fundraiser for the DO Cancer Fund. And I'll get that up on my website as well. 
uh, if it isn't already. Bunch of other IDL shows coming up to Tulsa, some stuff coming up in Florida at the Hard Rock in Hollywood. There's just a lot going on, and I hope to see you at as many of these shows as I possibly can uh, out and about. So that's what's happening. There is uh, some big interview stuff happening on my SiriusXM volume show, the big slash interview, which you heard last week on the podcast. At the time that you are hearing this, uh, this is a Tuesday of the week that I'm recording this. Tomorrow, I'm supposed to do an interview with Steve Perry of Journey, who is about to release or come back out of virtual obscurity and do a solo record and do some stuff again. And I, the interview has not happened at the time that I'm doing this open to the podcast. It's supposed to happen tomorrow. I'll tell you more about it on next week's podcast, or hopefully you listen to my daily show on Sirius XM, on Channel 106, on volume. It's live every day, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern time. Replays every night, 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern. The interviews you hear on this podcast originate there. And if you are a subscriber and a listener to my daily show on satellite radio, then you maybe you had heard the Steve Perry interview. So at this time, I can't tell you how it went or what went on. I hope you have Sirius XM and listen to it live. And I'll do my best to bring that interview to everybody here on the podcast in the coming weeks as I can and when I can. So that's some of the big news that, uh, that is certainly happening. And Again, uh, my my mind is scrambled because there's so much going on. I'm just trying to take it week by week as it comes up and not get too far out ahead. So keep an eye on everything going on on my site and on my Twitter, most importantly, at Eddie Trunk. Getting ready to head to uh, Mexico in November where I'll be hosting dates for the upcoming Deep Purple Tour uh, of Mexico. That's going to be incredible. Did some press recently in Mexico for that. I'm getting ready to go to Mexico in a week to Mexico City to promote that and did some phoners for it. So that was really cool. And last but certainly not least, the final episode of season one of my new TV series, Trunk Fest on Access TV, premieres this Sunday at 930 Eastern. And the uh, the shoot for this, and I only shot this episode recently, just about a month ago, in Cheyenne, Wyoming, at something called Frontier Days, yes, I go to a rodeo, dress the part and everything. It's a great way to wrap up what's been a blast to do Trunk Fest Season 1, and I will uh, be shooting Season 2 episodes immediately. As a matter of fact, one coming up very, very soon at a country event. So I'm going to be out there doing a lot more music festivals for Season 2, which I assume will air sometime next year. But thank you for watching Trunk Fest, everybody who has. And I uh, I greatly appreciate that. Please DVR and watch the final episode from Cheyenne Frontier Days this coming Sunday, 9.30 Eastern Time. My assumption from there is that the eight episodes of Trunk Fest that exist will then replay. But I can't speak for the network and the way they roll shows out. I honestly uh, don't necessarily know how that works. But keep an eye on your listings or check your on-demand if you missed any of the shows. But there are now eight episodes that exist of trunk fest from various music festivals and the final one of season one premiering this sunday 9 30 eastern 6 30 pacific on access tv as i mentioned d snyder 
my guest on this week's Eddie Trunk podcast, talking about his new album and really return to metal for the love of metal. So get ready for that. That's coming up in just a minute. The Eddie Trunk Podcast. Hey, let me tell you guys about Quip. They are a phenomenal product. They really are. I have a Quip toothbrush, and it is really, really, really good. For starters, Quip, it's an electric toothbrush. It's a fraction of the cost of the bulkier toothbrushes. Quip's built-in timer helps you clean for the dentist-recommended two minutes Quick pulses, they remind you when to switch sides, so you love that. Next, Quip is a subscription plan for your health, not just convenience. They deliver new brush heads on a dentist-recommended schedule every three months for just 8 bucks, including, I'm sorry, wait a minute, did I say 8 bucks? 5 bucks, even better, and that includes free shipping worldwide. Quip comes with a mount, suctions right to your mirror, it unsticks so you can use it for travel, and finally, everyone loves Quip, They were on Oprah's O-List and named one of Time's Best Inventions, and it's the first subscription electric toothbrush accepted by the American Dental Association, and they're backed by a network of over 20,000 dentists and hygienists, and hundreds of thousands of happy brushers use Quip every day. Quip starts at just $25, and if you go to getquip.com slash trunk, T-R-U-N-K, right now, you'll get your first refill pack free with a Quip electric toothbrush. That's your first refill pack free at getquip.com slash trunk. That's spelled G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash trunk. Shut it down. Hi, I'm John Taffer. You probably know me because I've rescued thousands of bars, hundreds of them on TV. That's your future broken. I'm also a best-selling author. And I've owned and operated a bunch of other businesses. But now, I'm here on Podcast One with my new show, No Excuses. I only yell at calls. Every Tuesday, I'm going to give it to you straight. I'm giving you all things Bar Rescue. Insider peaks of what's going on on the set. Current events and topics you care about. With in-your-face analysis. And you know how straight I can be. And I'm going to have unforgettable guest interviews with the world's most interesting people. And I'm going to ask them the questions that nobody else has ever asked them. And yes, sometimes I can be a bit of an ass. But I'm going to shut it down every Tuesday and make no excuses. It's going to be the number one show here on Podcast One. Listen to it every Tuesday on PodcastOne.com, on the Podcast One app, and on Apple Podcasts. And remember, rate and review it, or I'm going to shut you down. Hey, it's back. Steve Austin Unleashed every Thursday on Podcast One. Each week, join Pro Wrestling Hall of Famer Steve Austin as he shares tales from his new life, unbelievable past adventures, and talks to his pro wrestling pals. You don't want to miss it. Download Steve Austin Unleashed every Thursday on Podcast One or wherever you listen to podcasts. This is the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to the Eddie Trunk Podcast. As I mentioned this week, a conversation with Dee Snyder, who's always a lot of fun to talk to, and this conversation is no exception. We talk about his brand-new released album, For the Love of Metal, and a whole lot more. So here you go, Dee Snyder, on this week's Eddie Trunk Podcast. He is the James Brown of metal, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Dee Snyder the is here. The hardest working white man in show business. <laughs> Why are you working so hard? Couldn't you just live off of We're Not Going to Take It the rest of your life? Yes, technically. 
<laughs> Technically, it's been, that song's been very good to me. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I mean, I could really analyze this, and, and I think there's a, a fear of falling. Um, honestly, I'm being, I'm getting really serious all of a what sudden. What do you mean a fear of falling? Well, what happened in the, in the late eighties, early nineties oh, with well, my career. Right. And I, you know, the crash and burn, which I've talked about many times, I, I, you know, even though I'm secure and have investments and I just still have that, it was such an awful experience. I'm scarred. So even though I keep telling myself, slow up, slow up, I can't. And when somebody challenges me or offers me an opportunity like Rocktopia, I'm joining Rocktopia is now going out on the road, and you're the first to hear this, but I'll be announcing six shows with Rocktopia. Um, I'm going to be in Jersey, going to be in Long Island, and four in Ohio, and um, you know, I may be move, I may be continuing on with them as a member of the Rocktopia uh, show. Well, that was the last time you were here with Rob, yeah. and we, we'll talk about that because I want to hear how that went because you were just getting ready to go. Yeah, I don't really want to get into that, but the point is- But, but I want to hear they how it went. Me, they said, they hey, you- do more, yeah. yeah it, well, you know, they had- they had Patrick Monahan one week, and they had, um, um, damn, Robin Zander, Robin Zander, yeah. and me, and they've asked me to go and do six more shows with them. So um, it's very flattering, and I said yes. And is it the money? Not really. Is it? You know, is I enjoy doing it, and I just, I don't know when opportunity happens. And look, this record we get into the for the love of metal, and well, Jamie yeah, Josta challenged me. All right, we want to get to that in a second, but but okay, so more, so you might do more Rocktopia stuff, but before we get to the to the record, you mentioned when I'm I, I was only half jokingly saying you could live off. We're not going to take it, but could you? I mean, not to get in your personal finances, but you wrote that song. That song has become this classic rock anthem. It's played at every sporting event. It's played everywhere. What what kind? Can you give us an idea what kind of money royalty? Do you own it still? By the way, or did you sell the publishing? I sold it for a lot of money. You did? Mm-hmm. Recently or back in the day? No, recently. Oh, oh, you did? A lot. You did? So you just got a, ch- a, a payout? A lot. How long ago did you do this? Two years. Is that when you bought your place in Belize? <laughs> no, no. I, that, was already, <laughs> that, song. that was already cruising. No. That so, was... so somebody comes to... Tell me how that works, because publishing's fascinating to me. You write that song. You own it. Mm-hmm. And then someone comes to you, publishing companies say, big fat payout, but you don't ever see another royalty from it again? You get all your money up front? Is that right. how it works? But the, the reason... So it, 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 you know, they look at its annual income, and then they offer you multiple. Say, we will give you... Seven years, ten years, fourteen years. You know, this is the negotiation, right? And the appeal of that is um, when you're, and this isn't bragging. You know, I'm rich rock star. I'm sorry. I mean, you know, I worked hard for that, but you're in your forty, fifty percent tax bracket. But it, the money that you get each year comes in there. When you sell it, you sell it as a capital gain, so you're only paying twenty percent, oh, instead of fifty percent. So it's a tax move. So you get a multiple of 10, 12 years, then you're only going to pay 20% tax on the money instead of paying nearly half of it. It, And you sort of weigh it up and you look at your life expectancy and you say, plus, you know, you, you, know, you can say, you, you know, a song, oh, I expect it'll do good forever, but, you know, it may, it may not. You have up years, you have down years. Here you're being offered and you can take that money and you can invest it. And now you've, we're getting into investing, but, and so now you've got an actual 
almost set income stream coming from your investment and you paid much less taxes. So there's a, there's a reason to do it. And at a certain point in your career, that time not to do it is when you're in your twenties. Right. It, you know, a time to do it is when you're your retirement years, age yeah. and you start doing the math and, and, the math, like yeah, yeah. and, 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 and then plus when the song, you know, we're not going to take it suddenly it proves itself to be a folk song. It proves itself to be, I mean, it was just in that Steven Spielberg movie, Ready Player One. It was the finale of that movie. I mean, here, all these years later, and the big finale of Steven Spielberg's big movie, and the guy holds up a boombox, and the entire battle scene is set to we're not going to take it. So, you know, now you have now, one of Now, let songs. me ask you this, because, again, I find this fascinating. I don't think people really understand how this works. So, a couple years ago, you sell it. Do you do it for? Do they have it for X amount of time and then it reverts back to you, or do they have it for life? For life. Okay. So, well, I guess I mean there are there are deals or deals, but as a rule, you know you're you're being paid a lot of money up front, and you can life. you and in the negotiation you can maybe just sell half of it if you wanted to, you or you it. could sell a certain amount of time. You can do whatever you want. I mean, I still have an interest in it. Point being is when it shows up in a movie or on a TV commercial, I still have you still get a taste of that, mm-hmm. but not as much as you would if right. you owned it all. I sold, I sold a, a major part of it. Right. And did you sell any other songs? Oh, the whole whole catalog, everything you've written, all the Twisted Sister songs. Mm-hmm. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. And then that company's job, they can place it and do whatever they want with it to yeah. make money with it in commercials, in movies. You'll get a little piece, but it's basically their business to right. roll with. And that's do you need to jo- sign off on where it's used? No. And that's the job that they were doing all along. All those years when you know I was, it was being in commercials and sometimes- proud, Stanley Steamer, if sometimes I correct. Proud you, you, you were in the Stanley yeah. Steamer. Sometimes proud <laughs> moments, sometimes less proud moments. Uh, but those are all, that's the publishing company doing it for you. And at some point they say, hey, you know, because the publishing company will live forever, you know, and right. uh, theoretically, and you won't. So, uh, you you know, you make a call. And then when you're no longer living, that re- you, you have a provision that that goes to whether it be your kids or whatever you, it, almost like anybody has a will for yeah. anything they have, it, yeah. it gets it goes down through the family. Yeah, there are people who go, well, you know, you, you leave things to your children? No. <laughs> no. I mean, I mean, I'm leaving a bunch of stuff. There's a house in Belize, and there's cars and jewelry, and they can, you know, they can have plenty of stuff. But uh, as far as like sitting there and planning for, you know, money for the leave, no, no, whatever, whatever I've got. But we're not going to take it. Is and I want to rock to a little lesser degree, I would think. But we're not going to take it. Is going to be the gift that keeps giving to somebody. Sure. Because that thing that's already what thirty five years old. It's maybe bigger than it's ever been in terms of hearing it constantly. That's the only reason why. That's that's the song that sold the catalog. Right. You know, I want to rock and we're not going to take it, but we're not right. going to take it. They weren't it doing real. it for I Am, I yeah. Me. No. <laughs> they, they take the rest of the stuff just in case. Right. And I know they've stuck, um, I thought they played, I heard, I heard some show played Ride to Live, Live to Ride the other day. They never sold Ride to Live, Live to Ride. It was a, a biker show or something. When I had the catalog, suddenly they're, they're pushing Ride to Live, Live to Ride, which is a perfect song right. for a, you know, for a, a chase scene or something, you know. But, uh, so they're working the catalog, but, they take the whole thing, but you know, and it's don't worry, people. 
I did, I did good. Was, was there temptation for you to do this when, when Stay Hungry, a couple years after the record, when it blew up and all the MTV videos? Was, did, did you, or was there temptation dude, for you to sell then? Dude, you know that I bottomed out right. in the 90s. Right. I was dead broke. Right. If I had been made an offer for, any, for nothing, I would have sold. There was zero interest. Really? Zero. Well, again, you think of the 90s, and the, the, that stuff was thought of as dead and buried. Dead and buried yeah. and over. No one saw it coming back. Metal was a dirty word. Yeah. Nobody, you couldn't touch my catalog with a 10-foot pole, thankfully, because I would you may have t- done it for pennies on the dollar. Pennies. Right. Because I, I, was, I was broke. And then we'd be seeing a very miserable D. Steiner in front of me right now. <laughs> very different. You know, just as a side, um, and this is kind of a happy story, um, I was talking to Naughty Holder in 83. From Slade. Slade, sorry. Naughty Holder Slade. And I was, and Joan Jett just had a hit with I Love Rock and Roll. And I said, you know, it's a Gary. Which is a cover for cover. people that don't know. I'm sorry. I'm talking like. Right. Like, well, you know, right because people you. don't know Slade and they don't know. Right. Okay. It was a cover of a Gary Glitter song, I believe it was. And um, and I said to Nani, I said, dude, I said, do you own your catalog? Because they were in a, in a valley career wise. I said, because your catalog is so ripe for being covered. And he said. What year was this? 1983. Just before Quiet Riot. Yes. And he says, Jim, the bass player, Jim Lee, they wrote all the songs. He said, you know, we were feeling the same thing. We just bought it back. They had sold it, and they just bought the catalog back. So they got the taste from Come On, Feel the Noise? Yeah. Oh, man, what timing that is. And to this day. And that's why you see, I just we just did a show with Slade over in Norway, and Naughty and Jim are nowhere to be found. Oh, they're not even playing. They don't play. Kicking back, kicking. It's Dave and Don because they're not the songwriters. So they're out there doing Slade, and not he's like, yeah, I don't got to do Slade. Yeah, yeah, you know. Wow. And Merry Christmas, everyone. Which I hear they they make like a million dollars a year. So this is it, Merry Christmas time. That Slade song. Yeah, see, Slade's a weird thing because here in America, nobody knows who Slade are. No, if they know him, it's because Quiet Riot covered two of their songs. It's kind of like same with T Rex. T Rex huge in England. No, no uh, get it on Bang and Gong. That's it. One song here. Nobody knows anything. But that cover of Quiet, Come On Feel the Noise is gold. And Mama, we're all crazy now to yeah. a lesser degree, lesser but degree. one of their songs for sure. Yeah, they bought that catalog back. Just before it was released. Interestingly enough, we're talking about songwriting and songs that D wrote on his new album. He didn't write one, not one. And <laughs> Which I, I'm immensely fascinated by, and I want to hear why. Because you are you for as I said, for those that don't know, D is the sole songwriter of every Twisted Sister song, and now you've made a new record, getting back into metal for the love of metal. And I know, uh, you know, our buddy Jamie Josta. You tell the story, kind of, you know, moved you in this direction. But I was very surprised to find out you didn't, you just didn't write a song on it. Well, people are shocked by that honesty because there's a lot of people out there who put shall their name on nameless. It. Oh yeah, they put their name on it, uh, and they didn't write a thing. Yeah. Okay, and that's that's you know that's legion. Or they're they didn't. If you read the credits, you'll see they didn't write, but they talk like they did. It's like a secret, you know. And, uh, and we should stop there because while we're get, we're talking about the industry, 
D's 100% right. There are people, established names like D, that will say, okay, I'll do a solo record. You can write all the songs, but I take 50% publishing and get credit on every single one of them, even though I didn't have a thing to do. Oh, you don't want to do that? Well, fine. Your song doesn't make the record. That's that's not out of the norm. No, it's not at all. And um, Just ask Ozzy. <laughs> you said it. All songs written by Ozzy Osbourne on Bark at the Moon? He never wrote a song. And, well, the, the, band, the band members say it. Okay, no, I'm glad that he's the one. He's he's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's, I don't think he's ever written. Uh, boy, we're gonna get we're gonna get lambasted. Here we go. But I don't think he's ever written anything. No, he writes all of his lyrics. Bass players have written Bob Daisley. It was Daisley. It was Lemmy. Mom, I'm coming home. Right. It was. It was. Uh, Geezer wrote all the words for Black Sabbath. Sabbath. That's all. This none of this is not anything that's not documented. Although yeah. the, the my point is, there's if you look at the album Bark at the Moon, it's. It it says all songs written by Ozzy Osbourne and Jakey e. Lee was like he told me the whole story but he don't he didn't write the songs but that's the the deal okay here's here's a little money for you but that's what the credits going down as yeah so and this in the studio we did Jamie's podcast he said I challenge you to do a contemporary metal record I said who's producing he said I am so he laid it out as like a challenge like I'm- literally said I challenge you. And I said, who's writing the songs? Because I stopped writing songs in 95. And why did I stop writing songs? Because I was following and not leading. In the 80s, I was in the mix. I was creating what became the 80s sound. Do you play instruments? Very very little guitar. So is that what you write on when you wrote songs? I would write vocally. I sing like even a lick like and I would sing that to the guys and oh, very wow. slowly go now play it faster faster so you know I just sing everything because in my head I'm awesome on guitar <laughs> I'm awesome I can play anything on every instrument I'm prolific but in real life <laughs> so when you're writing we're not going to take it are you starting with the drum beat or what no. pum, pum, pum. AJ Perro to his credit I said AJ I'd like to start with a drum cadence when I was in high school I was the announcer for the marching band Ladies and gentlemen, 1976, 75, 76, Baldwin Senior High School Marching Band, you know, and I loved the drum cadence. And I said, I want to hear, like, because, because you know, uh, come on, feel the noise, and I will give credit. We, we sort of mirrored their arrangement. Start with a drum beat and start with the chorus and then come out swinging. So that was the plan. I said, but I don't want to just do boom, bah. Boom, bat, boom, bat. I said, give me a cadence. And AJ, who was a great drummer, he created something, you know, and AJ always felt, he felt, he said, you make me play like a monkey. People don't know that I'm a, oh, I, yeah. I, I'm, 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 a, I'm a prodigy. He was a prodigy. He trained with If you heard Gene him just Krupa. when he died playing an adrenaline mob, the record he did with them, it yeah. was a whole different thing. Yeah. yeah, a whole different thing. But I said, you know, AJ, how many drummers can say they wrote a drum beat that the minute people hear it, the world knows the song? Yeah. You know, you got Honky Tonk Woman, you got American Band, you got a handful of songs like that. And he came in, he says, what about this? And it's boom, ba, boom, da, boom, boom, da. And that was, a, it was a drum cane. It's like, see the marching band headed out on the field playing that. So that's how that came about. But hey, you said, how do I write? Yeah, so that was, that was AJ. So you're, you're just, you, you oh. stop writing in what, 95? 95, you know, and was, was the second uh, Widowmaker record. And, there was, you know, I don't 
pay attention to reviews. I read them. But if they say something that rings true in my own mind, something that I'm thinking, there's two things that were said. One was, it sounds like D is trying to sound like a contemporary metal band. And they were right. I was literally listening to other metal records and imitating them. Where in the 80s, I was just writing. Were you doing that intentionally? Or oh, was intentionally. That, oh, you were, okay. Yeah, we did the first Widowmaker record, and this, and then grunge came in, sound changed, things changed, so I'm studying them and copying them. So I said, oh, God, I got called on my shit there, you know? And then the second thing was, uh, review said, young people, young, uh, young um, people, nobody wants their brother's heroes. And they were alluding to the fact that I there was new bands coming up and younger fans, and they weren't looking to. And I said, you know what? And Stay Hungry was about that. Lead, follow, get out of the way. I was like, maybe it's time for me to get out of the way. And I did. That's when I went into radio. I went into voiceover. I went into all these things. And I stopped writing then. So I didn't. I knew if I wrote for this album, I would be listening to contemporary bands who I'm fans of. I love so much of the contemporary metal scene, but I'd be studying it. And imitating it. And I and so Jamie said, everybody's going to want to write for your record. And they came out of the woodwork. People from Disturbed, from Lamb of God, Killswitch, Toxic Holocaust, all these bands. Jamie, once we started going, was inundated with contributions, riffs, songs, ideas. And um, and Jamie, and, I, and I've got to say this, you know, so people said, what about the lyrics? Jamie wore my skin like Buffalo Bill in Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> what are you, like a 14? You know, I mean, he, we talked, What? where am I at? What's important to me? So, like, tomorrow's no concern. That is, comes from my philosophy of I'd rather talk to you about what I'm working on today than about what I'm going to do next week or what I did 30 years ago. I'm proud of my past, but I'm all about now. Mm-hmm. And tomorrow's no no concern came from there. I want, have, uh, I'm really, I'm, Feeling I've got to step in on this bullying thing, the anti-bullying thing. And so uh, I become the storm and dead hearts were born. Um, the extreme this goes to, to how Jamie, and I, and I got to say this, I'm not looking for an awe moment here. And uh, people have written about this already. But during the process of making the record, my 85-year-old mother was hit by a car, uh, brain damage, vegetable died two months later right we talked about that we, when you were here we last, talked yeah. about it jamie the last song i was recording the week after she died was a song uh, jamie came in with a song because I, I got a, a song i'm ready and so i'm like oh cool. this is a, oh this is cool i like this okay great i'm recording and suddenly the words just sort of like hit me and i stopped the session because jamie's not there um nikki belmore uh, the engineer co-producer is there and the line i sang was was death brings us sorrow, no one can heal. Love leaves a memory, no one can steal. And I, I said, is this about my mom? And Nikki goes, yeah. And he wrote it? Jamie wrote it. Jamie wrote for it. For me, right. watching what I was going through during the song. He wrote a song about me facing mortality and losing loved one. And but that's how much how empathetic he was right. to me, and why when I went in the studio, people say I had to believe every word. I believed every word, and I didn't. It didn't happen like oh, here's thirteen songs. No, it was we did a song, and hey, this wow, yeah, American made. 
I feel this. I get this. This, uh, this is, you know, I, I understand this. Then we did running mazes. Like, yeah, all right, all right. And as it started, we started getting confidence, me and him, him, and he had a vision, but he said he didn't think it was going to come out quite as good as it did. I mean, he thought it would work, but mm. it really... Yeah, the reviews are tremendous. We should mention, for those that don't follow the metal scene all that closely, Jamie Josta is the singer in the band Hatebreed. And Jamie also has his own band called Josta. He is a hustler. He, Jamie's probably... Uh, Jamie's probably good 10 years younger than me. He's probably late 30s, early 40s. But, I mean, his his band, you know, he built Hatebreed into something globally that's pretty remarkable and kind of more of a hardcore metal thing. And then Very hardcore. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not my thing, and he knows that. I mean, I'm, I like more melodic stuff, but well, I, I respect the, the hell out of what He's he does. He's no melody guy. Yeah. So, I'm, I'm like, while I ch- accepted the challenge, I was a little trepidatious. Look it up, people, okay? I was a little <laughs> trepidatious that, you know, that... I didn't have heard him sing any melody. Yeah. And so how is he going to create melody? Yeah. And and, and whether it's, I don't know, I know there's a lot of contributors on the record. So it was Howard Jones. I know Howard Jones was in there. And Kill he's Switch, a melody yeah. singer from Killswitch, melody singer. So it was, you know, but there's melody. And it was one moment when we were in the studio and we were getting it, and I just went into a full Max Caviera, Sepultura, no, no melody on this cookie record. monster. Yeah, and I just went not cookie monster, but just, just, and Jamie just like stop. What are you doing? I was like, what? I was just like going for it. He goes, no, man. He said that was good, but your D, right? Your melody. Yeah, you, he you didn't sit. try to take you down that road. No, yeah. he said yeah. you you can't go. That's me. That's Max. I, the reason you're here is because you got this roar and his. A melody to it. Yeah. And by yeah. the way, I saw Hatebreed recently at Rocklahoma, and it's remarkable what they do. And I got the utmost respect for it. But everybody knows it. It's no secret that I like stuff that has to have melody. I have to have singing. And when I first heard about this record, and again, the record we're talking about uh, is D. Snyder's brand new solo record, which is it out now or it's coming out? July 27th. Pre-orders at Martyr, or is it martyrstore.net. And by the way, I want to mention, if you're in town... Tonight's a listening party at the Gramercy. Otep and Josta and friends are playing. Okay. And I'm one of the friends. I'll be getting up, doing a few songs. And And that's tonight. And the album is called For the Love of Metal. And again, I've been listening to the record. I really like it because as I said to you on text... It's your voice, which I love, which is as powerful as ever, which is remarkable that you still have those pipes because every day we hear from people in your age group and hear from fans, this guy can't do it. I mean, vocally, it's amazing. And then, you know, you know you've know, you got when, – when, when I say – when we say modern metal, I don't want to scare people into thinking there's loops and it's, it's new and you metal, but it's, it's more it's, – it's very riff-based and sound like a contemporary record with your voice over it. And, the think, so- and they're all the songs are like three and a half minutes. It's not. Oh yeah. It's not like there's no no epic heavy lifting going somebody, on. Somebody there's there's actually there's twelve songs and there's a thirteenth song is a bonus track. And somebody said, "How long's the record?" And I went on my iTunes and I said, uh, "35 minutes." I said, "35 minutes." Thirteen songs. Thirteen songs. <laughs> but one reviewer Get said to the, point. the songs are short to the point, but they don't sound like they're truncated. Uh, no pun right. intended. <laughs> they sound like everything you want is there, but. I somebody called this a bridge album, and it's and 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 it's almost and it is by design on Jamie's part. He felt like with D. Snyder, you keep you have a foot in the in the past, but bring in the new. And there's, you can hear the Metallica influences, you can hear the Motorhead, you can hear the Maiden, but then you also can hear the newer aspects to it. And with my voice as the bridge, you know this. 
you know, I guess he called iconic. That's his words. Uh, but voice, it's one that people know. And uh, I think that older fans who are hearing the first two tracks, they're reacting very positively to it. Yeah, and I, I, I wouldn't see the, why they wouldn't because if you, it's not, it's it's just a D. Snyder metal record for 2018, but it's not anything. I think people hearing might get. Oh my God! It's just some sort of crazy experimental. No, it's just smack you in the face. Great riffs, great vocals, great songs. They get to the point. Everyone's three, three and a half minutes. You're singing it after listening to it one time, and and I think that's what people will love about it. Thank you, man. I appreciate yeah. that. Can I? Do we have time for me to answer a question you haven't asked? I, well, let's yes. take a break. Let's okay. let, let's let, let that hang out there because I don't know where we're. going I'll tell go. you what the question is. Okay, and you're asking I, me the question. No, or I'm asking you the question. People have been asking me the question. Why does this sound? so much more metallic than Twisted Sister ever sounded. Okay. Well, that and a couple more questions from me, and then we have people on the phones. Coming right back with more with D. Snyder on this week's Eddie Trunk Podcast. This, this is the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Hey, if you're one of the millions of Americans who suffer from muscle cramps in your legs and feet, relief is finally here. That relief is TheraWorks Relief. It's a topical foam that's clinically proven to relieve muscle cramps fast. Plus, with daily use, TheraWorks Relief can even prevent muscle cramps before they start. So you can get a full night's sleep, do the activities you love without having to worry about muscle cramps. TheraWorks Relief only takes minutes to apply, absorbs quickly, and it really works. I recommend TheraWorks Relief to my family and friends, and the results speak for themselves. This is a life-changing product, and you don't need a prescription. TheraWorks Relief. It's my choice for preventing and relieving muscle cramps. I've used it. It works. Try TheraWorks Relief today and experience relief from muscle cramps for yourself. Get TheraWorks Relief in the pain relief aisle at select CVS, Rite Aid, and Walgreens pharmacies or by talking to your pharmacist. Learn more at TheraWorksRelief.com. That's TheraWorks Relief for your muscle cramps. This is the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Let's get back to more with D. Snyder on this week's Eddie Trunk Podcast. D, you just telling a funny story that you saw Chuck on Long hey, Island. Hey, Chuck, how's it going, man? Righteous <laughs> anger. Yeah, I actually just told us on Twitter, and Chuck chimed in, but uh, I was at Adventureland on Long Island, which is a little local amusement park, and I'm there at the time, and my daughter's four or five, somewhere around there. And what dads do, you put your daughter on them merry-go-round and then you stand there and as they go by you wave like a moron <laughs> and make the stupidest faces kids make us just act completely uncool but you don't mind because right, it's your, your kid, kids man. of course i get then you're it waving, <laughs> and i hear behind me a voice goes hey d and that's my day people saying hey d and i go hey what's up i don't even yeah. turn around it's chuck d I turn around and there's chuck d <laughs> chuck what are you doing here man he goes, Watching my daughter on the merry-go-round. Oh, so we sit down, and the two of us sitting there just talking, and every time our kids go by, waving like two idiots. Hey, baby, hey, baby, hey, baby. So anyway, what are you doing? The public enemy act out on the road. Yeah, yeah. Doing the right. <laughs> what did you want to – you said there was something you wanted to address that I didn't ask you. Well, people say this is, you know, record's very metal. And, you know, and they felt it's more metal than Twisted. I think it harkens back to Under the Blade and the earliest days of Twisted. Uh, certainly it's contemporary. But I explained that I joined an existing glitter rock band. 
they were Mott the Hoople, T Rex, David Bowie, Twisted, Al, Sister. Twisted Sister. Right. It was a it was a glitter band, and I was a glitter rock fan, also a metalhead. Mm-hmm. When I joined a glitter band and brought my metal sensibilities as a songwriter and my appreciation of glitter and created. You know what was I don't think one of the cornerstones of what became glam rock hair metal, which was sort of a mixture of those two things, the glitter rock and the metal. But I am a metalhead OG day one. Forget about it. And I always love metal and love the intensity. So this opportunity to make a full blown metal record, I welcome it. I welcomed it. I love it. It's heartfelt. It's genuine, and I'm glad people are seem to be enjoying it. In the the second phase of Twisted Sister, from from '01 to when the band ended a few years ago, you were always against the idea of doing a new record with Twisted, weren't you? Yes. And and why that? Why why against that versus doing something like this? Because and it's and this is proven out. And and and, I, and my apologies to the twenty, thirty, forty, fifty thousand people who are respectful of artists, respectful of new music, and are there for us for everything and don't go to the bathroom during the the new song. (laughs) I swear, we see you people. We could see you leaving to go to the bathroom. You act like I don't notice. And I've seen every, I saw Paul McCartney speak about this. I've seen Elton John speak about this. It's the fear, FOMO. No, not fear of missing out, fear of new music. This should be, whatever they should abbreviate. But it's Elton John said, I'm going down the road, I'm playing new music. He says, I can see their eyes glass over. When I do a new song, I say Pavlov's dog. I say, this one's off the new record. You see the people raise as a group of people. I was at, okay, we will get to this. I was, yes, thank you. I was at Madison Square Garden, physical graffiti tour. They started, Zeppelin started touring before the album came out. They played Cashmere, half the garden left to go to the bathroom. Whoa, half. wow. Because at Madison Square Garden, you know what that sounded like? This one's off the new album. It's called Cashmere. Nine minutes later. I want to get a burger. Thank you. So, I mean, it's it's the curse of new music. But I promise you, I'm playing. I've been playing. Half the set is new music. You ain't, you've got enough pee in you to miss every song I'm doing. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> you don't have enough pee in you. Are you going to try to do live shows with this? With I've done. I just did a few. You um, did with this for this record for yeah. this with this music. But it was since we didn't know we had a record coming out. These are just D. Snyder shows that I've now got a metal band, the the Belmore Brothers, who played on most of the record. Uh, they're from Toxic Holocaust, and so I've got a metal band. We're doing you know, so it's half new material. I remember we're playing uh, in the. Uh, over there at Fox and Friends out in the, tomorrow morning. You couldn't do a metal thing in the morning? Yeah, like, yes. One of the songs from this record? Oh, yeah, I'm doing There'll be a few twisted things and a few new songs, yeah. That's awesome. On yeah. Fox News <laughs> in the morning. That's they awesome. asked for it. <laughs> That's awesome. And to their credit, people say, what are you doing, Fox? First of all, I'll do any show that'll have me. <laughs> exactly. Okay, NBC, uh, the Today Show, Oh, you're too, Twisted Sister, too heavy. Seriously? <laughs> Seriously? 
You know, it's like kids' music now. They wouldn't let us play in the plaza, but Fox would always have us there out there. So there you go. So you go where they to them. Absolutely yeah. for sure. Um, all right, two things from me, and then we're going to hit a break, then we're going to come back and get the callers in with the time that we have. I was talking about two things before you came in. The final Twisted Sister show, was it in Spain? It was the very last show. Mexico. Mexico, right. There was the last one in America. Wasn't that the one where it rained like hell? I wasn't there. But Jersey. Was, right. And wasn't the fallout from that something with some issue with the promoter and they shorted you and you guys had to go after them for money? Did that get resolved? I don't know. Okay, well, what was the story there, that you took a reduction because the weather was so bad? I don't think we took anything. The story was that they, you know, they booked a two-day or three-day festival, and unfortunately, you know, you've done many festivals, it's outdoors, and you're rolling the dice. Yeah. And the weather was terrible, and they got killed on two of the days. So the numbers dropped because Alice was there and whatever, and uh, they got burned, and they started burning artists and we they burned us oh okay i thought it was something that because i had heard that they didn't pay you your amount and then they found out that the promoter was opening some entertainment center and that's when you guys went after them and i don't know i i I mean that you know moved into the hands of business people and jj who manages the band and in our agents and stuff like that so i don't know the results i just know that you know i mean it's unfortunate when you and we've seen it i remember there was um You've been out to Sturgis. Yeah. I, and they tried, somebody tried to start a, a few, a number of years ago, another competing concert venue with uh, Full Throttle and Buffalo Chip, who are the two big dogs right. out there. Still are. I don't even remember. There was a free, I forget what it was called, but Ned Kiss headlining. They spent money. They went to, they, and storm happened, lightning hit, some guy got killed. It turned out to be a complete washout, and that was the end of them. Yeah. It destroyed. They came in strong, and they had a bad first year. And that's you know that's what they call it. You know that's why they call it gambling. Yeah. And the last thing, and we're here to break. This ties in perfect because you mentioned Kiss. We were talking about this off the air too. Was it about a year ago you had that very public feud with Paul Stanley over whatever it was about? I don't even remember what it was about. He said something about Twisted Sister being a bunch of clowns right. or something. And, and you went I don't right back at him. Yeah, it's, yeah I, I, I don't suffer fools easily. And then people always misinterpret. And we, you and I deal with this Constantly. endlessly. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, like, it, you know, you know, that how can you speak out against a band and like them simultaneously? Right. You know, I mean, hell, I can say that Bill Cosby was one of the funniest comedians ever. I got all his albums. But he is a bad person, right? I can say those two things. They're not the fact that it, you know. And uh, I think uh, Michelangelo was a pedophile, but his artwork's beautiful. I mean, so I have seven Kiss albums. I think they're amazing. I respect them as a band. I respect that. But if I see some, if they say something I don't agree with, I'm not going to keep my mouth shut. Damn right, you shouldn't. Yeah, and you don't either. No way. That's what <laughs> we makes us us. So let's go back to back and just. <laughs> Fight our way out of this room. <laughs> Did you ever see him since all that? I never see any of those guys. Yeah. I actually saw Gene. Uh, we were in Bolivia, La Paz, Bolivia, as solo acts. We were on the same bill. Because right, he's doing his own band. Yeah, so it was side. Gene yeah. Simmons' band, D. Snyder Band, and Tarya from Nightwish. Mm-hmm. So the three of us. And, it was um, a woman. Yeah. yeah. And, we were, and, uh, and it, was, it was beyond civil. 
It, you know, oh, I'm we, sure Gene. Yeah, Gene would be like that. Yeah, of course. It, it was very cool and yeah. very respectful. And uh, uh, but there was there was a funny Gene moment. <laughs> There's always a funny Gene. Okay. So you're certainly a funny Paul moment too, but in a different way. <laughs> so uh, so we're doing a press conference, and you know, and, and we're in La Paz. And by the way, it's the highest city in the world. Uh, and the air's so thin, you need to get there like three days early just to acclimate. Wow. Tough town. Tough town. Um, <laughs> and, I mean, they love metal. They love rock. Twisted played one of the biggest shows of our career in La Paz, a football stadium. And we were, and people were passing out on stage because we, we arrived that afternoon of the show and nobody prepared us. So, anyway, we're doing this press conference. And uh, so they say, so some reporter says, you know, uh, there are many many young people who are committing suicide these days. I'm wondering if uh, you people, heroes to these to, to young people, have anything uh, to advice to give them or anything you could say to them to help them. Gene grabs the mic <laughs> and he goes, "Listen to your mother. Don't drink, don't smoke, and eat your vegetables." I'm just looking, and this is the advice for suicidal <laughs> teens. Um, I just like to add, and I don't want to add it, but something about, you know, mental talk health, to people, mental help. Um, I was like, what the hell just happened here? And then Gene adds, don't smoke unless it's the weed company that I just took a ton of money off of in Canada to endorse. No, we didn't. You didn't hear about that? No. Oh, my God. Gene I, Simmons. Is- I'm going to give him fairness. I've told people, I don't drink, but I said, if there's an alcohol company <laughs> that's willing to pay me enough, I will start. <laughs> And that will be my pitch. My pitch will be, you know, I just haven't found the right whiskey. Well, that's Gene's pitch because for years of lecturing people about being high, he is now the figurehead of a marijuana company in Canada. And he's going around doing CNBC and all these shows promoting cannabis. Let me tell you something. <laughs> Where's Craig Gass when you need him? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. We got to hit a break. We'll come back with the remaining moments. We'll have about 10 good minutes or so. We'll let you call in and talk to D. Snyder on this week's Eddie Trunk Podcast. The Eddie Trunk Podcast. If you're looking to buy a car, you're probably familiar with terms like MSRP, and you might even know what it stands for, but what does it actually mean? The same goes for invoice, list price, and dealer price. It's enough to confuse anybody. All you're really looking for is a price that actually means something. Introducing True Price from True Car. Now you can know exactly what you'll pay for the car you want, including fees and accessories, before you even get to the dealership. True Car dealers will show you the true price on cars like the one you want, all from the comfort of home. And how do you know if your true price is a great price? Because True Car shows you what other people paid for that same car you want, and your certified dealers know this, so they set their true price competitively so they can win your business. So when you're ready to buy a new or used car, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Some features are not available in all states. This is the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Let's get back to more with Dee Snyder on this week's Eddie Trunk Podcast. Do you miss being a Twisted Sister? Do you miss playing the shows with the guys? And is there any scenario where you'd do it again? Of course I miss it because there was a reckless abandon about playing in Twisted Sister 
no thinking, just thrashing and let it go. Um, I've toned my show down. People are going, oh, you're kidding. You're just as good as ever. I know what I'm doing and what I'm not doing. And I'm not headbanging. And I'm not dropping to my knees on the floor. And I'm not throwing my body on the ground. I'm, I've stopped doing certain things and just had to draw a line. So, no, I don't see getting back together. I mean, to do a song for charity someplace in a hot second. I mean, you know, I mean, but but do a set, do an actual show, do an hour, do 75, two hours. No. All right, let's get to the calls right now. People have been waiting a long time. John and Queens have been waiting almost since the start of the show. Go ahead, John. You're on with Dee Snyder. Hi, Dee. Yes, uh, my question for you is, uh, I was a recording, You Can't Stop Rock and Roll, at Jimmy Page's recording studio. And if you and Twisted Sister got to meet Jimmy Page during the recording of that album. Good question. Uh, Jimmy Page's studio, which was built by Gus Dudgeon, who produced Elton John, spent so much money on the studio, and the bottom fell out of the recording industry in the 70s, and and Jimmy picked up the studio for pennies on the dollar. I uh, was mo- the best recording experience of my life. Is picture windows in the studio. It looks out over meadows and flowing streams. I remember doing a vocal, and it's snowing, and there's horses running through the field <laughs> and the waters, and I'm going, this is... This is not a recording studio. This is heaven. Mm. And plus, it was completely removed from the city. It was in a rural area. So it was just the five guys, no wives, no girlfriends, no managers, nobody. Just the band living together, recording together. It's probably the best, closest we ever were and the best experience ever had. And Jimmy, no, we did not see him. But Jimmy would come in in the middle of the night. He's uh, he's nocturnal. <laughs> And uh, so things would be moved around, and and you know we knew that he had been there, and there was a creepiness to it. Uh, but but he, we never actually physically saw him. Of course, you, of course, there's a creepiness. You're talking about a guy who made a deal with the devil. So of course he's going to be up in the middle of the night yeah, moving and, shit around. And you're seeing the devil in everything. <laughs> Anything you see, uh, oh look, that's satanic. That's satanic. It's just a, a picture of a deer. You know, it's antlers. And then we move this wall, and there's a throne behind yeah. it with a lamb's head. Uh, Ruben in Hawaii. Ruben's been waiting for a long time. Thanks for your patience, Ruben. You're on with D. Snyder. Right on, Eddie Trunk. D. Snyder, man. What an honor. 40 years plus in the business. Much respect to you, man. Much respect. Thank you very much. And apologies to Hawaii that I've never played in Hawaii. I've never been to Hawaii. That's a, I've never been there either. It's a sin. I hope I can... We're the, we're, we're the only metal cover band on Maui, so it's okay, man. <laughs> you have a metal cover band on Maui, Ruben? Yeah, we do. We're called Trend Kill Maui. Uh, we're on the YouTube, Eddie. Uh, yeah, you can check us out. Nice. We, we got a good... We got a good thing going there. I have a, ra- a couple of radio affiliates in Hawaii. I think it's time for a remote there, but okay, we'll we'll look yeah, into yeah. that. Yeah, they play your show on K Rock. But anyway, the, now this coming back to Maui. This is this is a crazy story. So we got this guy here. This guy here claims he knows you. The and uh, every time we're around the campfire, because he knows we're all metalheads. He's an older guy. Oh man, I was playing with Twisted Sister back when you kids were da da da. D, does the name David Mack ring a bell? No. Okay. I knew he was full of shit. He's full of shit. He's full of shit. And I'm and, and full of shit. Ruben waited two hours to confirm that his friend is indeed full of shit that he's partying my with friend, in, in Maui. My friends are going to freaking love this. All right. Hey, you guys. Thanks a lot. All right, Ruben. <laughs> he's busted. Next time you light that fire, throw him in it. Jason in Chicago. Jason. Hey, how you doing? 
Jason, Jason oh, Bugle by any chance? Is this Jason? It is. Hello, my brother. My How number one you? fan. Oh, yeah? <laughs> oh, yeah, for oh, sure. okay. Without a doubt. What's up, Jay? How you doing, brother? Hey, listen. The, uh, the Eagle landed, and I have been playing this album nonstop, and I will tell you what. And I am not exaggerating. It is a giant fucking punch in the face. You got, so, wait a minute, you got, the record comes out 27th, so you pre-ordered and you already got the record? Right, I uh, I did three pre-orders to Martyr, <laughs> and then I did the uh, limited edition box that do Napalm, and uh, the Martyr store stuff arrived today, so Michelle took a copy with her to work, and uh, I've been listening to it here at home, and I've got one more copy that I'm going to give to a friend, and oh my God, brother, it is so damn thank you Jason. i am so I, i'm so proud of you uncle d thanks you were he is such a supporter you on wish so many you levels. thousands of Jasons. yeah he's my he's, he's my <laughs> he's my twitter master i didn't know there existed one but he like i find out what i'm doing from jason's tweets i'll see like a new tweet like oh you know uh i am the hurricane is coming out of the lyric video today i'm like Oh, it is. So oh, I thought like, you meant he ran your Twitter. No, no, you actually do your own Twitter. Yeah, right? no, yeah. but he just has so much information ahead of me <laughs> that I just retweet his tweets. You. you probably don't even have your own record yet. <laughs> actually, got, I don't. He's got every configuration. <laughs> uh, he's got it on eight track already. I love already. that guy. Number one. <laughs> this is John in New York. Go ahead, John. Hey guys, how you doing? Um, real quick, I you asked that question. Why are we metal? You said, what makes us more metal than Twisted Sister? I believe it was Am I Evil from Widowmaker, which I, is in my rotation very often. Um, do you keep in touch with any of those guys? And I love that shit. And Thank that's you. what makes you who you are, bro. Thank you. Um, yep. Widowmaker was pretty damn metal. Yeah. Uh, and I, yeah. I've, been doing one of the, I've been doing a song from the second album, Ready to Fall, in the uh, live set now. Um, and Al Petrelli who has done so many great things, and he's like the, the mass, one of the masterminds of TSO. TSO. Uh, I ran into Al at a Costco recently. Oh, yeah. Well, I, we meet all the finest people. Yeah, I'm, I'm a Costco freak. So uh, yeah. I, yeah. So, um, and so, yeah, I've talked to Al every now and then. Joe Franco, uh, who's been very successful in the commercial business. And uh, so, yeah, I'm still in touch with those guys. And Mark Russell is now living in Finland with his wife and children. So, yeah, we're still friends, but... Um, sadly, you know, that project didn't succeed. And what I really would like to do is get the two albums and release them in some sort of, you know, the Widowmaker years kind of thing, because, um, there are people who appreciate it. And I thank you for that. But just a project that didn't go as far as I would like. Desperado record in there too, right? Yeah. Yeah. The box set. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Milo in Connecticut. Hey, Milo. It's the M to the I to the double L O. D, what's up, baby? How are you, pal? I'm doing good. M to the I to the double L O. Is that Milo? Buddy, I miss those days on the morning show. I'm excited for the new album, pal, on the 27th. Are you going to bring a solo? He says he he was an intern for you. This is Milo, my intern? In, in Hartford. Yes, it is. Right. Connecticut. Okay. It took me a second to register that. Yeah, you know, uh, we didn't know we had an album coming out, so there was no tour. Normally, the tour is planned in, in concert with the – no, that's a that's not the wrong right word. But, you know, you, you plan to do the album, and then the tour is pre-planned. Right now, just to say, I'm entertaining an offer for special guest slot – on a arena tour in Europe with a major metal band for 2020. 
They're planning wow. 2020. So these things are planned in advance. We didn't plan anything, but we're supporting the record. We're booking more shows. And, you know, Connecticut, I'm sure, will be on the horizon. I'd just like to mention is a listening party at the Gramercy in New York tonight. Just and Friends and OTEP are playing, and I'm one of Jost's friends, and I'll be getting up there and doing a few songs. So um, half my band is in Jost anyway. There you go. My thanks to Dee Snyder for joining me on this week's Eddie Trunk podcast. Check out his new album, For the Love of Metal. Thanks to Katie Irizarry. She is the producer of the Eddie Trunk podcast. And, of course, be sure to follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Eddie Trunk. EddieTrunk.com is the official online home with all of my appearances listed right on the homepage. And uh, be sure to keep an eye on all those appearances. Come out and see me if you're in Tulsa this weekend at the IDL Ballroom on Saturday for Faster Pussycat. Lots of other stuff going on. Look at the homepage of the website. Follow on Twitter and I will see you out and about. Have a good week, everybody, and uh, catch you next Thursday for another all-new episode of the Eddie Trunk Podcast, always free, podcastone.com and iTunes. Martellus Bennett. Once you pass 21, your birthdays are done. It's Revenge of the Jocks on Podcast One. Once you pass 23, you can't take me to Benihana's. A no-holds-barred show about all the things that shape our world and culture. I want to go to Africa. I've never been. I want to go full Jumanji. I'm Robin Williams yeah. and Jumanji. Jumanji. I think that's like in South America, though. Revenge of the Jocks with Martellus Bennett. It's like trying to have sex the first time and getting it all wrong. I think I'll keep trying. <laughs> on Podcast One and wherever you listen to podcasts. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.